Mark chapter 12 Jesus told them this story. A farmer once planted a vineyard. He built a wall around it and dug a pit to crush the grapes in. He also built a lookout tower. Then he let his vineyard and left the country. When it was harvest time, he sent a servant to get his share of the grapes. The tenants grabbed the servant. They beat him up and sent him away without a thing. The owner sent another servant, but the tenants beat him on the head and insulted him terribly. Then the man sent another servant, and they killed him. He kept sending servant after servant. They beat some of them and killed others. The owner had a son he loved very much. Finally he sent his son to the tenants because he thought they would respect him. But they said to themselves, Some day he will own this vineyard. Let's kill him. That way we can have it all for ourselves. So they grabbed the owner's son and killed him. Then they threw his body out of the vineyard. Jesus asked, What do you think the owner of the vineyard will do? He will come and kill those tenants and let someone else have the vineyard. Surely you know that the scriptures say, The stone that the builders tossed aside is now the most important stone of all. This is something the Lord has done, and it is amazing to us. The leaders knew that Jesus was really talking about them, and they wanted to arrest him. But because they were afraid of the crowd, they let him alone and left. The Pharisees got together with Herod's followers. Then they sent some men to trick Jesus into saying something wrong. They went to him and said, Teacher, we know that you are honest. You treat everyone with the same respect, no matter who they are. And you teach the truth about what God wants people to do. Tell us, should we pay taxes to the emperor or not? Jesus knew what they were up to, and he said, Why are you trying to test me? Show me a coin. They brought him a silver coin, and he asked, Whose picture and name are on it? The emperor's, they answered. Then Jesus told them, Give the emperor what belongs to him, and give God what belongs to God. The men were amazed at Jesus. The Sadducees did not believe that people would rise to life after death. So some of them came to Jesus and said, Teacher, Moses wrote that if a married man dies and has no children, his brother should marry the widow. Their first son would then be thought of as the son of the dead brother. There were once seven brothers. The first one married, but died without having any children. The second brother married his brother's widow, and he also died without having children. The same thing happened to the third brother, and finally to all seven brothers. At last, the woman died. When God raises people from death, whose wife will this woman be? After all, she had been married to all seven brothers. Jesus answered, You are completely wrong. You don't know what the scriptures teach, and you don't know anything about the power of God. When God raises people to life, they won't marry. They will be like the angels in heaven. You know about people being raised to life. You know that in the story about Moses in the burning bush, God said, I am the God worshipped by Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. He isn't the God of the dead, but of the living. You Sadducees are all wrong. One of the teachers of the law of Moses came up while Jesus and the Sadducees were arguing. 
When he heard Jesus give a good answer, he asked him, "What is the most important commandment?" Jesus answered, "The most important one says, 'People of Israel, you have only one Lord and God. You must love Him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second most important commandment says, 'Love others as much as you love yourself. No other commandment is more important than these.'" The man replied, "Teacher." You are certainly right to say there is only one God. It is also true that we must love God with all our heart, mind, and strength, and that we must love others as much as we love ourselves. These commandments are more important than all the sacrifices and offerings that we could possibly make. When Jesus saw that the man had given a sensible answer, he told him, "You are not far from God's kingdom." After this. No one dared ask Jesus any more questions. As Jesus was teaching in the temple, he said, "How can the teachers of the law of Moses say that the Messiah will come from the family of King David?" The Holy Spirit led David to say, "The Lord said to my Lord, 'Sit at my right side, until I make your enemies into a footstool for you.'" If David called the Messiah his Lord, how can the Messiah be his son? The large crowd enjoyed listening to Jesus teach. As Jesus was teaching, he said, "Guard against the teachers of the law of Moses. They love to walk around in long robes and be greeted in the market. They like the front seats in the meeting places and the best seats at banquets, but they cheat widows out of their homes and pray long prayers just to show off. They will be punished most of all." Jesus was sitting in the temple near the offering box and watching people put in their gifts. He noticed that many rich people were giving a lot of money. Finally, a poor widow came up and put in two coins that were worth only a few pennies. Jesus told his disciples to gather around him. Then he said, "I tell you that this poor widow has put in more than all the others. Everyone else gave what they didn't need, but she is very poor and gave everything she had." Now she doesn't have a penny to live on. Mark, chapter thirteen. As Jesus was leaving the temple, one of his disciples said to him, "Teacher, look at these beautiful stones and wonderful buildings." Jesus replied, "Do you see these huge buildings? They will certainly be torn down. Not one stone will be left in place." Later, as Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives across from the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew came to him in private. They asked, "When will these things happen? What will be the sign that they are about to take place?" Jesus answered, "Watch out and don't let anyone fool you. Many will come and claim to be me. They will use my name and fool many people. When you hear about wars and threats of wars, don't be afraid. These things will have to happen first." But that isn't the end. Nations and kingdoms will go to war against each other. There will be earthquakes in many places, and people will starve to death. But this is just the beginning of troubles. Be on your guard. You'll be taken to courts and beaten with whips in their meeting places. And because of me, you will have to stand before rulers and kings to tell about your faith. But before the end comes, the good news must be preached to all nations. When you are arrested, don't worry about what you will say. You will be given the right words when the time comes. But you will not really be the one speaking. Your words will come from the Holy Spirit.
Brothers and sisters will betray each other and have each other put to death. Parents will betray their own children and children will turn against their parents and have them killed. Everyone will hate you because of me. But if you keep on being faithful right to the end, you will be saved. Someday you will see that horrible thing where it should not be. Everyone who reads this must try to understand. If you are living in Judea at that time, run to the mountains. If you are on the roof of your house, don't go inside to get anything. If you are out in the field, don't go back for your coat. It will be an awful time for women who are expecting babies or nursing young children. Pray that it won't happen in winter. This will be the worst time of suffering since God created the world and nothing this terrible will ever happen again. If the Lord doesn't make the time shorter, no one will be left alive. But because of his chosen and special ones, he will make the time shorter. If someone should say, here is the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. False messiahs and false prophets will come and perform miracles and signs. They will even try to fool God's chosen ones. But be on your guard. That's why I'm telling you these things now. In those days, straight after that time of suffering, the sun will become dark and the moon will no longer shine. The stars will fall and the powers in the sky will be shaken. Then the Son of Man will be seen coming in the clouds with great power and glory. He will send his angels to gather his chosen ones from all over the earth. Learn a lesson from a fig tree. When its branches sprout and start putting out leaves, you know summer is near. So when you see all these things happening, you will know that the time has almost come. You can be sure that some of the people of this generation will still be alive when all this happens. The sky and the earth will not last forever, but my words will. No one knows the day or the time. The angels in heaven don't know, and the Son himself doesn't know. Only the Father knows. So watch out and be ready. You don't know when the time will come. It is like what happens when a man goes away for a while and places his servants in charge of everything. He tells each of them what to do and he orders the guard to keep alert. So be alert. You don't know when the master of the house will come back. It could be in the evening or at midnight or before dawn or in the morning. But if he comes suddenly, don't let him find you asleep. I tell everyone just what I have told you. Be alert. Mark Chapter 14 It was now two days before Passover and the festival of thin bread. The chief priests and the teachers of the law of Moses were secretly planning to have Jesus arrested and put to death. They were saying, We must not do it during the festival, because the people will riot. Jesus was eating in Bethany at the home of Simon, who once had leprosy, when a woman came in with a very expensive bottle of sweet-smelling perfume. After breaking it open, she poured the perfume on Jesus' head. This made some of the guests angry. And they complained. Why such a waste? We could have sold this perfume for more than 300 silver coins and given the money to the poor. 
So they started saying cruel things to the woman. But Jesus said, Leave her alone. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing for me. You will always have the poor with you, and whenever you want to, you can give to them, but you won't always have me here with you. She has done all she could by pouring perfume on my body to prepare it for burial. You may be sure that wherever the good news is told all over the world, people will remember what she has done, and they will tell others. Judas Iscariot was one of the twelve disciples. He went to the chief priests and offered to help them arrest Jesus. They were glad to hear this, and they promised to pay him. So Judas started looking for a good chance to betray Jesus. It was the first day of the festival of thin bread, and the Passover lambs were being killed. Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to prepare the Passover meal? Jesus said to two of the disciples, Go into the city, where you will meet a man carrying a jar of water. Follow him, and when he goes into a house, say to the owner, Our teacher wants to know if you have a room where he can eat the Passover meal with his disciples. The owner will take you upstairs and show you a large room, furnished and ready for you to use. Prepare the meal there. The two disciples went into the city and found everything just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover meal. While Jesus and the twelve disciples were eating together that evening, he said, The one who will betray me is now eating with me. This made the disciples sad. And one after the other they said to Jesus, Surely you don't mean me. He answered, It is one of you twelve men who is eating from this dish with me. The Son of Man will die, just as the Scriptures say, but it is going to be terrible for the one who betrays me. That man would be better off if he had never been born. During the meal, Jesus took some bread in his hands. He blessed the bread and broke it. Then he gave it to his disciples and said, Take this, it is my body. Jesus picked up a cup of wine and gave thanks to God. He gave it to his disciples and said, Drink it. So they all drank some. Then he said, This is my blood which is poured out for many people, and with it God makes his agreement. From now on, I will not drink any wine until I drink new wine in God's kingdom. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. Jesus said to the disciples, All of you will reject me. As the scriptures say, I will strike down the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised to life, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter spoke up. Even if all the others reject you, I never will. Jesus replied, This very night before the cock crows twice, you will say three times that you don't know me. But Peter was so sure of himself that he said, Even if I have to die with you, I will never say that I don't know you. All the others said the same thing. Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he told them, Sit here while I pray. Jesus took along Peter, James and John. He was sad and troubled and told them, I am so sad that I feel as if I am dying. Stay here and keep awake with me. Jesus walked on a little way. Then he knelt down on the ground and prayed, Father, if it is possible, don't let this happen to me. Father, you can do anything. Don't make me suffer by making me drink from this cup. But do what you want and not what I want. When Jesus came back and found the disciples sleeping, he said to Simon Peter, Are you asleep? Can't you stay awake for just one hour? 
Stay awake and pray that you won't be tested. You want to do what is right, but you are weak. Jesus went back and prayed the same prayer. But when he returned to the disciples, he found them sleeping again. They simply could not keep their eyes open, and they didn't know what to say. When Jesus returned to the disciples the third time, he said, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough of that! The time has come for the Son of Man to be handed over to sinners. Get up. Let's go. The one who will betray me is already here. Jesus was still speaking when Judas, the betrayer, came up. He was one of the twelve disciples, and a mob of men armed with swords and clubs were with him. They'd been sent by the chief priests, the nation's leaders, and the teachers of the law of Moses. Judas had told them beforehand, Arrest the man I greet with a kiss, tie him up tight, and lead him away. Judas walked right up to Jesus and said, Teacher! Then... Judas kissed him, and the men grabbed Jesus and arrested him. Someone standing there pulled out a sword. He struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Jesus said to the mob, Why do you come with swords and clubs to arrest me like a criminal? Day after day I was with you and taught in the temple, and you didn't arrest me. But what the scriptures say must come true. All Jesus' disciples ran off and left him. One of them was a young man who was wearing only a linen cloth. And when the men grabbed him, he left the cloth behind and ran away naked. Jesus was led off to the high priest. Then the chief priests, the nation's leaders and the teachers of the law of Moses all met together. Peter had followed at a distance. And when he reached the courtyard of the high priest's house... He sat down with the guards to warm himself beside a fire. The chief priests and the whole council tried to find someone to accuse Jesus of a crime so they could put him to death. But they could not find anyone to accuse him. Many people did tell lies against Jesus, but they did not agree on what they said. Finally, some men stood up and lied about him. They said... We heard him say that he would tear down this temple that we built. He also claimed that in three days he would build another one without any help. But even then they did not agree on what they said. The high priest stood up in the council and asked Jesus, Why don't you say something in your own defence? Don't you hear the charges they are making against you? But Jesus kept quiet and did not say a word. The high priest asked him another question. Are you the Messiah? The son of the glorious God. Yes, I am, Jesus answered. Soon you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right side of God, all-powerful, and coming with the clouds of heaven. At once the high priest ripped his robe apart and shouted, Why do we need more witnesses? You heard him claim to be God. What is your decision? They all agreed that he should be put to death. Some of the people started spitting on Jesus. They blindfolded him, hit him with their fists and said, Tell us who hit you. Then the guards took charge of Jesus and beat him. While Peter was still in the courtyard, a servant girl of the high priest came up and saw Peter warming himself by the fire. She stared at him and said, You are with Jesus from Nazareth? Peter replied, That isn't true. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have any idea what you mean. He went out to the gate. And a cock crowed. The servant girl saw Peter again and said to the people standing there, This man's one of them! No, I'm not, Peter replied. A little while later, some of the people said to Peter, You certainly are one of them. 
You're a Galilean. This time, Peter began to curse and swear. I don't even know the man you're talking about. Straight away, the cock crowed a second time. Then Peter remembered that Jesus had told him, Before a cock crows twice, you will say three times that you don't know me. So Peter started crying. Mark, chapter 15 Early the next morning, the chief priests, the nation's leaders and the teachers of the law of Moses met together with the whole Jewish council. They tied up Jesus and led him off to Pilate. He asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? Those are your words, Jesus answered. The chief priests brought many charges against Jesus. Then Pilate questioned him again. Don't you have anything to say? Don't you hear what crimes they say you have done? But Jesus did not answer, and Pilate was amazed. During Passover, Pilate always freed one prisoner chosen by the people, and at that time there was a prisoner named Barabbas. He and some others had been arrested for murder during a riot. The crowd now came and asked Pilate to set a prisoner free, just as he usually did. Pilate asked them, Do you want me to free the king of the Jews? Pilate knew the chief priests had brought Jesus to him because they were jealous. But the chief priests told the crowd to ask Pilate to free Barabbas. Then Pilate asked the crowd, What do you want me to do with this man you say is the king of the Jews? They yelled, Nail him to a cross. Pilate asked, But what crime has he done? Nail him to a cross, they yelled, even louder. Pilate wanted to please the crowd, so he set Barabbas free. Then he ordered his soldiers to beat Jesus with a whip and nail him to a cross. The soldiers led Jesus inside the courtyard of the fortress and called together the rest of the troops. They put a purple robe on him, and on his head they placed a crown that they had made out of thorn branches. They made fun of Jesus and shouted, Hey you, King of the Jews! and they beat him on the head with a stick. They spat on him and knelt down and pretended to worship him. When the soldiers had finished making fun of Jesus, they took off the purple robe. They put his own clothes back on him and led him off to be nailed to a cross. Simon from Cyrene happened to be coming in from a farm and they forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus. The soldiers took Jesus to Golgotha, which means place of a skull. There they gave him some wine mixed with a drug to ease the pain, but he refused to drink it. They nailed Jesus to a cross and gambled to see who would get his clothes. It was about nine o'clock in the morning when they nailed him to the cross. On it was a sign that told why he was nailed there. It read, This is the King of the Jews. The soldiers also nailed two criminals on crosses, one to the right of Jesus and the other to his left. People who passed by said terrible things about Jesus. They shook their heads and shouted, Ha! So you're the one who claimed you could tear down the temple and build it again. In three days. 
Save yourself and come down from the cross. The chief priests and the teachers of the law of Moses also made fun of Jesus. They said to each other, He saved others, but he can't save himself. If he is the Messiah, the King of Israel, let him come down from the cross. Then we will see and believe. The two criminals also said cruel things to Jesus. About midday, the sky turned dark and stayed that way until around three o'clock. Then about that time, Jesus shouted, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you deserted me? Some of the people standing there heard Jesus and said, He's calling for Elijah. One of them ran and grabbed a sponge. After he'd soaked it in wine, he put it on a stick and held it up to Jesus. He said, let's wait and see if Elijah will come and take him down. Jesus shouted and then died. At once, the curtain in the temple tore in two from top to bottom. A Roman army officer was standing in front of Jesus. When the officer saw how Jesus died, he said, This man really was the Son of God. Some women were looking on from a distance. They had come with Jesus to Jerusalem, but even before this they had been his followers and had helped him while he was in Galilee. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of the younger James and of Joseph were two of these women. Salome was also one of them. It was now the evening before the Sabbath, and the Jewish people were getting ready for that sacred day. A man named Joseph from Arimathea was brave enough to ask Pilate for the body of Jesus. Joseph was a highly respected member of the Jewish council, and he was also waiting for God's kingdom to come. Pilate was surprised to hear that Jesus was already dead, and he called in the army officer to find out if Jesus had been dead very long. After the officer told him, Pilate let Joseph have Jesus' body. Joseph bought a linen cloth and took the body down from the cross. He had it wrapped in the cloth, and he put it in a tomb that had been cut into solid rock. Then he rolled a big stone against the entrance to the tomb. Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, were watching and saw where the body was placed. Mark, chapter 16. After the Sabbath, Mary Magdalene, Salome and Mary, the mother of James, bought some spices to put on Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just as the sun was coming up, they went to the tomb. On their way, they were asking one another, who will roll a stone away from the entrance for us? But when they looked, they saw that the stone had already been rolled away. And it was a huge stone. The women went into the tomb. And on the right side, they saw a young man in a white robe sitting there. They were alarmed. The man said, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus from Nazareth, who was nailed to a cross. God has raised him to life, and he isn't here. You can see the place where they put his body. Now go and tell his disciples, and especially Peter, that he will go ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you. When the women ran from the tomb, they were confused and shaking all over. They were too afraid to tell anyone what had happened. Very early on the first day of the week, after Jesus had risen to life, he appeared to Mary Magdalene. 
Earlier he had forced seven demons out of her. She left and told his friends who were crying and mourning. Even though they heard that Jesus was alive and that Mary had seen him, they would not believe it. Later, Jesus appeared in another form to two disciples as they were on their way out of the city. But when these disciples told what had happened, the others would not believe. Afterwards, Jesus appeared to his eleven disciples as they were eating. He scolded them because they were too stubborn to believe the ones who had seen him after he had been raised to life. Then he told them, Go and preach the good news to everyone in the world. Anyone who believes me and is baptised will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe me will be condemned. Everyone who believes me will be able to do wonderful things. By using my name they will force out demons and they will speak new languages. They will handle snakes and will drink poison and not be hurt. They will also heal sick people by placing their hands on them. After the Lord Jesus had said these things to the disciples, he was taken back up to heaven where he sat down at the right side of God. Then the disciples left and preached everywhere. The Lord was with them and the miracles they performed proved that their message was true.